Alright guys, I'm gonna start us off with a little a little uh, over the hills and far away. Yes, please. Take us there. But sing it, can ya? I was waiting for somebody else to jump in, but nobody did. I didn't. So. I don't know it. I, yeah, I don't even. Yeah, what we're too. Oh, we're youngsters. We're little youngsters. <laughs> hey, Matt, doesn't know uh, I mean, should we do the whole like hearing "Stairway to Heaven" for the first time reaction video? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah, honestly, um, Jordan Led Zeppelin. Okay. Uh, yeah. They basically invented the metal genre before metal was a thing. Just listen to Led Zeppelin ep- albums one through four. Mm. And you're you're good to go, yeah. like for the rest of my life. I mean, I Pretty also much. have to. By yeah. the way, okay. <laughs> you do, Matt. Yes, I need to as well. Clearly. If you've never done that, um, I would highly recommend it. Or that one live album they had, "How the West Was Won." I think that was it. Yep, "How the yep. West Was Won." They have a great uh, video concert um, called "The Song Remains the Same." That was uh, shot in New York City at Madison Square Garden, 1977. Um, they played two nights. It's amazing. And, uh, yeah, just remember when Robert Plant, the lead singer, uh, recorded the first album, he was, I think 18 or 19 years old. So, you know, don't give up hope. Um, uh, (laughs) I mean, that just makes me feel bad more than anything. (laughs) Right. I know. I'm like almost a decade behind. But Jimmy Page, the guitarist, was a studio musician um, prior to him joining. And uh, when they said that he was forming a new band, someone in a record publication said that his new band was gonna was gonna drop like a Led Zeppelin. And then they they took Mm. it on. They embraced it. (laughs) So Led Zeppelin's a whole band or a person? Whole band. (laughs) (laughs) it's okay i didn't want to ask but you you know you you have to ask these really yeah it's a a whole it's a whole band just just remember it's the pink floyd pink floyd okay there's no one named pink in the band (laughs) yeah okay yeah that makes sense (laughs) the lead singer isn't pink (laughs) you're telling me there's no one called rolling the There's stone. no one rolling. What? <laughs> it's not just one person. I thought it was. I thought it was rolling and stone, like Hall and Oates. But I also thought Hall and Oates was Hall and Oates. Then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. you got a big truck full of oats. <laughs> yeah, I thought that's what they were doing. I thought oh, they were yeah. like, "Hey, we're, we're just." This was what we did before we became musicians. We were Hall and Oates. I thought the guy that j- he just glued nickels to his back. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. He Thank did, you, actually. Gentlemen. He did do he did How long do can that. we keep this up? I don't know how much longer we want to keep this up. We can keep going this for a long time, actually. Was he yeah. cold when he pressed play? Or? Guys, we stop can see it. The, this is, just the this is ludicrous, guys. <laughs> the this graph. is ludicrous. Stop it. There is a guy named Ludicrous. Yeah, There's sorry. also, yeah. He's probably said some pretty crazy stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, we'll stay away yeah. from his lyrics. He's probably going off the rails on a crazy train. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see. 
All right, all right, no. seriously, we're done. We're done. We're done. Anyone got any <laughs> Jordan? Anybody need to get out any other I dad have like jokes? I have like 20 of them. Yeah, I showed her some restraint here. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I'm showing apt restraint. Yeah. <sighs> oh, all right, man. so a couple things to talk about. We shot a Saber video. Um, I also wanted to talk, maybe if we get to it, a little bit about Wizard Cops. I, I jotted down some ideas, um, so maybe we can joke about those. But, yeah, and, uh, the ca- and the cat's out of the bag, too, on that new Ronin 4D as well. That's yeah. right. So, yeah, where do, where do you want to start? Start with the Saber video. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I've you know... Uh, if someone happens to listen to this podcast and they don't watch either the quarter crew channel, the quarter channel or follow us on Instagram, you gotta yep. let us know. <laughs> yeah. That's, we're but, talking to you. Those same people that we shouted out last time we were on the podcast, but I'm sure all y'all know that we dropped this lightsaber video, technically not a lightsaber video, energy swords. Mm. Um, we dropped this saber video over the weekend here. We've been working on it for a little chunk of time here. Um, and it was nice to get back into doing some cinema some narrative, some storytelling, and also, you know, we we talk the talk quite a bit on Sutton React and VFX Artists React, but it's nice to get out there and try to walk the walk for a minute and see mm. if we could actually make a nice sword fight that had storytelling intention and things like that. And that was, you know, kind of a bit of a passion drive from Luke LaFontaine as well, is yeah. I think he's wanted an, a reason to go out and do a sword fight like that because he knows he has the capability to choreograph it like that, and he just isn't seeing it really in modern cinema. Um so really kind of just let him take the reins and the choreography. And then, you know, we jumped in and as a studio, we knocked out the whole production and, and made it happen. Um, Jordan did some fine acting. Matt did some fine VFX work. Uh, yeah. Jordan also and Christian got a, a dump truck of production logistics dumped on them. Yeah. Um, oh, like yeah. a week. Jordan, what was that like? Getting getting blasted <laughs> with hot takes on the production front. <laughs> Man, Trial I haven't watched the Crew Cuts episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, it was a rough week. I knew we were gonna get it done though. Um, yeah. Christian, the whole time was like, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. He was like, I don't get nervous anymore because he knows it's gonna happen. Meanwhile, I was, oh man, I was sweating bullets every single day. I was so scared because <laughs> there was so much to get done. Because what it was started off like a three-page like beat sheet, I guess. Yeah. And then Nika was like, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm making this into a whole quarter digital short film <laughs> and I was like oh yeah and we like sit down and I just get this list of things that we need and Amazon's like no 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 <laughs> it's not gonna get there on time there's a wall to get built there's people to dress in geese I never even knew what a gee was <laughs> I thought it was a guy I that's on the was couch out there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was um it was pretty awesome seeing everything come together it's beautiful production's beautiful yeah you guys did a great job putting that together i think you know there's an ethos of you know just tell the story and i think we did a a solid job of locking that in right to where it needed to be without overdoing it Mm -hmm. because we didn't necessarily have the time or resources to do so but like way early on like so you know we were conceptualizing it and this was potentially not going to be lightsabers it's potentially just going to be regular swords Mm -hmm. um but I ended up wanting to spin it towards lightsabers just because energy swords look cooler. (laughs) And it's a little more clickable. I mean, if we're going to talk about, like, something that everybody resonates with in pop culture, like, everybody knows what a lightsaber is. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so we're putting that together. And part of the reason this was coming together is because DJI had approached us to ask if we would shoot something on their new camera. And we're like, sure. 
and it, like we had free reign to kind of pick whatever we wanted, which is rare. Uh, so there's kind of like a well, let's do something cool. <laughs> uh, as opposed to something lame. <laughs> well, it, there is a challenge when it comes to these, like, we call them fully dedicated videos. That's when a brand comes to us and they're like, we have a theme. We have a marketing theme and we want you guys to mm-hmm. do an idea that fits within the theme. And I'm always, we used to take those a lot more. As we've moved on through time, I've become more, like, skeptical of them. Uh, sort of upfront because what happens is like you pigeonhole yourself into like, okay, here's a great idea. And then they go, yeah, we like it, but can you just kind of just remove the thing that makes it a good idea? (laughs) (laughs) And that happens so much. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, And so, but DJI has, we've worked with them in the past and they've just been super supportive of like just getting us the gear, getting us the tech and letting us go with it. And so it was it was kind of a no-brainer on this one. Yeah. Yeah, and just getting out there and trying to... Like, cause this, this is the stuff I, I personally like to really do. Um, and having a reason to go out there and do it. And you don't have to worry about... You're not trying to make your money back, per se. Because you're not selling tickets. You know, you're not trying to convince people to give you a dollar to watch a cool scene. Um, you can just kind of go out there and do something you want to do. And as long as there's a little bit of that hook that can work to pull the audience in, then that's awesome. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, when we were kind of conceptualizing this, Sam was the one who was like, hey, Nico, if you're going to try to make something look good so you can show off that this camera looks nice, just get a good location. Mm. Get a good location. Everything else, like, will do its thing. Mm. And I was like, you're, that's, that's a great idea, Sam. And the thing is, locations in L.A. are really expensive, so you kind of need, like, you need a reason to just go for it. Uh, and Sam kind of like pushed me over that edge. Otherwise, I'm I'm pretty frugal and like I don't like to put too many strings on mm-hmm. our budgets in terms of like overloading with stuff because I think it's really stressful. Um, but then I basically turned to Christian. I'm like, all right, Christian, let's get a great location. <laughs> and Christian's like, okay, we have four days. <laughs> um, and then uh, he started searching. Uh, Chase started searching. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you were in the search too, Jordan. I think you were. A little were. bit, yeah. Um, and the thing is, everything's like a minimum like. Three thousand to four thousand dollars, and it doesn't like none of these places would come with lighting, and so you're looking at another couple thousand dollars in terms of equipment rental, logistics of getting the truck and with all the gear, mm-hmm. the crew to set it up the day before. Yeah, let's yeah. just let's Sprinter just t- let's just detail that too. for for a second. A lot of people don't know this. Um, typically, when you rent a location, the first thing that you're getting in terms of like the understanding of the deal is just the space. So whatever they have in the space is kind of what you get access to. And so for example, if they have a warehouse and they're like, yeah, we had, you know, Marvel come through here and they did X, Y, and Z to these walls and then they left. And so they have, they, they have these cool walls, but there's no lighting. There's no electrical, there's no <clears throat> bathrooms, there's no parking, there's no like green room. There's no, none of that. Mm-hmm. You, sometimes that's what you get and so you're paying just your base fee sometimes it's like oh well you know two grand a day or four grand a day i guess we can do that but then you realize oh well actually we need to we need to get a cube truck we need to get mm-hmm. bathrooms we need to get parking we, then we need to get drivers and drive people to and from in so it, it, immediately your costs can just go yeah um so mm-hmm. you just have to be careful and it's like why are you doing all this it's like to just tell your story and it's like does getting a cube truck help you make your sword fight look realistic? And it's like, 
uh, he's starting to get pretty far removed, you know, as he started having to rent bathrooms. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like yeah. I could just shoot this in the street and pe- like because people don't care real too much about the background. You know, they want to see the action they as long as it's story. believable. As long as yeah. believable, right? Obviously, it has to work and it can't be overly distracting. Yeah, but uh, I don't know how the location was found. Do you know, Jordan? It was through that app. Yeah. yeah. Well, so Christian was eventually it found Peer space or was it? Yeah, so, Peerspace yeah, is really Peerspace cool. Is this episode is not brought to you by Peerspace. It's not brought but... to you by Peerspace, but Peerspace worked out in this case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Christian found this amazing location that was like half the price of the others, already had lighting, already had cool dressing. Yeah. And like Everything. the whole time I, I was pushing like the vibe of like, I want like a dojo-esque clean imagine you were watching the new dune movie <laughs> like or blade runner 2049 basically just let's rip off denny villanue villanue oh boy villanueva denis villanueva i don't know it's denis 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 anyways we're, we're, we're on a first name basis with denis <laughs> uh anyway yeah so oh. we got that location locked yeah. down and then kind of almost everything else fell into place around that uh ultra sabers uh, overnighted us the props. Um, mm-hmm. They worked great. They were super durable. Like they're just sturdy. Uh, Jordan whipped together all the costumes. We had a power outage in the studio when all this was happening, <laughs> and we were doing rehearsals. But it ended up all coming together mm. uh, really, really well. And of course, like this is a camera that we've never used before. Really, I mean, yeah. obviously we played with it, and Matt sure. and Ren used it. Yeah, and actually, the, there was a little bit of like it. W- we got lucky there because we did have it for like two months before we even shot mm-hmm. this, so we had time to play with it. Um, yeah, me and Ren, like I was operating that camera for a good month before we even shot it, so I was pretty familiar with it. Um, Nico got super familiar with it as well um, when on, he was on operating. The day. <laughs> on the day, yeah. on the day, yeah. But you were you were messing around with it before. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you had you had time. You're like to chasing us around the studio, like, like all right, run over here. But still, yeah. like when you roll into a production where like everything's come together for that one day with an untested beta <laughs> piece of hardware, it can be really, really risky. Yeah, because yeah. you can go down like something crashes something doesn't work and then you are sh- like your day is shot <clears throat> yeah. yeah right yeah uh, i don't know if we want to get into too much detail but we we did have a, a beta version of the product and that did happen after we had filmed um, right that's because i screwed up uh, yeah, a thing that with was the a- firmware like okay. to be fair it was it wasn't like we were recording something and it stopped it's because i screwed something up yeah um <laughs> yeah we had two I, cameras just, though so yeah, just, we had two. Three, like, that's, yeah that's the when when they're like hey we have a brand new experimental technology you can't talk about it we'll send you one of them mm-hmm. film something awesome with it and then you're like ah we've never in, in the cameras now it's not like you know they're basically like computers at this point yeah um so you know they need to be all synced up with your firmware and yeah the programming know. and everything and you know if you right. do something really weird through the menu maybe it hasn't been coded in yet but the camera worked excellently. The like we had zero issues on set. Um, the picture was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you wait? Did you take the monitor outside and like walk around the block with it? Not on set. <laughs> and the I, have, I mean, to be fair, the second day when we did the dialogue, I literally just sat on a couch with the monitor in my lap, pulling focus, and then just kind of shouting out orders at Matt and the actors. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, That's very comfy. So yeah, <laughs> that was a very chill directing day for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was really helpful. Like I actually got to like right? get the moments I needed. We should have brought right? the beanbag yeah, could... chair, dude. <laughs> 
You could yeah, really focus on the, you know, performance, right? Yeah. The storytelling aspect of it without all the other yeah, technical you, shit. Just right? take a little U-turn here. Um, so in in LA, if you want a good actor, most of them are SAG, aka union. Mm. And there's a bunch of minimums that you have to reach before that's even a thing you can consider. Uh, so a lot of it is just out of the question for YouTube productions. Even like moderately to big sized YouTube productions just the SAG thing is, is really tricky unless and, you have unless uh, they're big enough where they can come on your show and be like, Hey, I'm just gonna go do this. <laughs> True. And, and then SAG will just be like, uh, should we say something? No, oh no, let's just leave it. But in terms of like just classic, yeah, I mean, in terms of just traditional acting, especially for all the working actors who are here in town, um, you have it's hard to connect with them for a YouTube production. So we do a lot of stuff through like LA casting and actors access and a whole bunch of just like open casting things for people who aren't seg um, or people who are and just say, screw it, I <laughs> uh, can, you know, audition for things. But you end up with a lot of. You end up with a lot of odd oddballs. <laughs> you end up with a lot of people who are very unique, who are characters in and of themselves, but they're not necessarily actors. Whoa. Hey, I didn't see you there. I've been searching the deep, dark corners of the internet, looking for the best place to get all of your stock asset needs. And I finally found it with today's sponsor, Storyblocks. There it is, guys. It's the one-stop shop for all your stock asset needs for creators and businesses alike. They have high quality 4K video, audio, images, motion graphics, After Effects templates, and more. And it all comes in a virtually unlimited library, making it such that every time you go on there to get something, there's something new. And with their unlimited all access plan, you can download as much as you want, whenever you want, and use it in commercial projects, personal projects, whatever you need to use it in, you can use it in. It's designed to help you to streamline your process for getting stock assets and to get them into your project as fast and efficiently as possible. You know, I'm looking through these internet tubes and I don't see another place that would be better than Storyblocks. So if you guys are interested, head on over to storyblocks.com slash cast to get started or click the link in the description below. That's storyblocks.com slash cast. Oh, look at that. I can see you putting those assets into your project file with ease. So proud of you. All right, well, huge thanks to them once again for sponsoring, and now, back to the podcast. Um, imagine, imagine an eclectic mix from cities all over the United States and the world yeah. coming to a location <laughs> with the idea that they're going to be an actor. Yep. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, with little to no training, and then boom, like, there, there you go. they are. Or maybe like a year it's, or two of training. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a really unique thing. Um, but it also, uh, yeah, can, I mean, it's just, yeah, you can yeah. find diamonds in the rough if you mm -hmm. put the time into it. Um, but more often than not, you're presented a challenge as a director when you decide to go that route to figure out how can I get the best out of this person in a way that helps the story and helps the piece without it becoming like getting bogged down to basically bad acting. Um, and from all the years of experience we have had doing this, <laughs> I've started to create a little like cheat sheet of like, okay, here's like my safe boundaries that I, I can get with almost anybody. And then like, I can add on to it from there as we go. And like the, the thing I've, I've kind of learned first and foremost, more than anything else is cast someone for their voice. If they have to say lines, 
Mm. Don't doesn't matter what they look like. You can put costumes and makeup and lighting and you can do whatever you want. Um, just cast them for their voice. And it also makes auditions really easy because you're like, you can literally give them the script and be like, read it into your phone, please. And send it mm. back to me. And you just listen to it. And hopefully somebody works. And if nobody works, well, then you, you ask Sam to do it. <laughs> that was our fallback was for Sam to be the, uh, the headmaster. Um, but we, we, uh, we found this guy named Poria, um, who's our headmaster. He had, he had the voice. It sounded yeah. great. Um, and then frankly, you know, trying to find a person that has the look and they have the voice and they can also act for your characters is really almost impossible mm-hmm. unless you're going to like drop the money, a lot, big money to like specifically hire a, a name actor. You're going to have a hard time getting all three of those things to come together. So we kind of made a point of of filming uh, the headmaster like in this kind of like shrouded anime-esque like baseball cap pulled down over his eyes look. And then like as we eased into it and like you got used to the guy being there, like we revealed more of him. But that was kind of like that was my way to get us into this piece and have acting from somebody who's not necessarily a seg, just somebody we found online and have it be passable. It's just focus on the voice don't worry about the face for a while. And then also just have the plot really move forwards. And on the other hand, you have Jordan who basically just aced all her takes and then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to worry about anything. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you got, a, yeah. you got a lot of love in the comments from the acting on that one. That was great to see. I did see. see the comments. It's all really, really nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a blast. I loved it. The guy was like, "What do you act? You're so comfortable." I was like, "I don't know." I was like, "I work here, so maybe that's part of it." You're like, "Yeah, sorry, I know these fools. I don't know." Yeah, but at the same time, I was super, super nervous because when Mm -hmm. you have something like you just wrote it and you're very, very passionate about it, and I do work here, so I have to see you every day. So if I were to come there and not be prepared and make it hard for you. I wouldn't yeah. want to come back the next day. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I feel you like can't, you can't actually, just bomb and leave. Like he, he yeah. could have just bombed gotta, and left. I yeah. can't bomb and leave. So I was like, do it. Well, you did a really yeah. good job, Jordan. I mean, it was, it's nice when you're directing somebody and what you're doing between takes is trying different things to see mm-hmm. how they feel. And like imagining the scenes in your head versus trying different takes to find something good. And mm-hmm. like with you, it wasn't, Oh, I got to hunt and I got to hunt. Okay, now you're hitting something that sounds like it can work. Like every performance you did was good. And it was more like, okay, let's try this version. Let's try this version. Okay, this version is like is clicking with me. Like yeah. you know, that it's we were we were playing pretend more than we were uh just trying to make it work. Right. And that it's nice to be past that stage of just trying to make it work. Mm-hmm. I always try to think of like how you guys would be editing it. So if you have different things to work with and you can just pick and choose. Cause there are some reactions that weren't even actually the reactions that we took for that particular scene, mm-hmm. you could just use it. So I try to just stay fluent in that, but still give you guys other things to be able to work with. Yeah, to be yeah. Able to choose from. it did. It was very helpful. Cause I know that edit. would suck as an editor just to be like, Oh wow. Every single take looks the exact same. And you're just mm-hmm. like, all right, let me just pick one instead yeah. of being like, Oh, that's the one. I was a little guilty of just kind of letting you do what you did. And then like focusing more on Poria, mm-hmm. like trying to like dial the performance out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, versus like, that's the problem I have is like usually the person who like delivers the best performances on set gets the fewest amount of takes, <laughs> uh, which is something that, you know, you, I need to work to be doing the opposite of. Um, but yeah, it was good. It, it still worked. It worked. Oh, it worked great. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the first video I've had people say there's good acting in. 
Um, wow. <laughs> which, uh, Dang, what, what about all the videos that I've been in? Dang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's um, that. They're all they're all um, wanting a number two. Yeah. They're all wanting it. <laughs> I do wonder where, where the story could go. I mean, it would be interesting to tell a big story about like you know all different mm -hmm. things they could do around a sword school. Like that'd be cool. But like mm -hmm. in terms of like what's next here, I think I think it. it Inspired a lot of people's imaginations. I didn't necessarily have anything else planned in my mind. <laughs> Some people like part well, two. Here's, like, here's a question uh, for part two, jo Jordan. We cut away to black before you answered the question. Are you going to join the school? I mean, I already started training. Did you? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Cuts to a, cuts to a back alley, and Just she's me, like, like practicing. <laughs> yeah, and and she's like, you know, it's like a Peter Parker tale where she's like coming up in the world and she's figuring out this new power that she's trying to learn. She's trying to keep it a secret from her friends, you know. I couldn't afford a lightsaber, so I've just been using my mop. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, yeah. it's just the mop. So but because of the mop weight, it trains you in a way that no one else has been trained, and therefore, mm. <laughs> it's the exact like, weight yeah. of a lightsaber. Turns out, that's, exactly. that's yeah. the big twist. <laughs> Someone did throw out the idea of a, a slightly different opening where Jordan sees this or hears this starting and like peeks into the room and then sneaks in and then kind of runs into the headmaster who's like standing kind of off in the corner in the yeah. shadows also and like doesn't know who he is. And like, so the idea of her like not supposed to be there, but she's mo like she's has a desire to be in there. And so she sneaks in and she takes the risk and then like ends up talking to this guy who's like kind of sitting off in the corner and then realizes at the end that he's the one in charge of the whole thing and yeah. he's aware that she snuck in and like you know broke the That'd rules. That'd be way more anime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's also like that would have been good. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a good one. Yeah. 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 just mopping. I, I saw that too. That's yeah. It's a good idea but hey you know you're thinking about a lot of but he only got that idea because he story. watched the video. So, <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, all hyper Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Nico's writing it and thinking about a lot of different aspects yeah. of the story and how the characters are working together. It's so. easy to come up with ideas when uh, yeah, they exactly. sparked that idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why being able to reshoot stuff is actually really nice for making a perfect product. Right. You know, mm -hmm. there's there's one funny thing I noticed with the comments. Yes, I'll talk about the lightsaber resting on the guy <laughs> and disappearing in a second. But that's, that's not the thing. Uh, <laughs> so... We didn't set out to make this a Star Wars fan film. Like, those aren't supposed to be lightsabers. Uh, this is not supposed to be in the Star Wars universe at all. Um, it's just we are doing energy swords and acknowledging how much cultural weight is behind mm. energy swords as a figment of Star Wars. Um, but the Corridor Crew video, more so than the Corridor vi like channel video, the standalone video, the Corridor Crew video sets it up very much being our take on lightsabers and trying to evolve lightsabers. So when people watch it, <clears throat> they see it as being a Star Wars video. Mm -hmm. Whereas on the Corridor channel, when people watch it, there's none of that like pretense. And so they don't necessarily watch it as being a Star Wars video. Yeah. Some you know, people say lightsabers because that's kind of become the colloquial term for like energy swords. But beyond that, like there's not there's not a whole lot of like, well, you know, in the Star Wars universe, this shouldn't be happening in this scene. Like, there's not a whole lot of that because I think people are getting that it's not Star Wars. They're not feeling that vibe. But even the people who did see it as Star Wars and they're saying things like, oh, you know, I don't like what you did with their lightsaber sounds. I think you need to stick with the original Star Wars lightsaber sounds mm -hmm. or, you know, other things like that. For all the people that did see it as Star Wars, not a single person commented on the dude with the baseball cap. <laughs> yeah. in the scene like yeah. that had zero like effect on anybody as seeing this as being a part of star wars like the lightsaber sounds weren't correct but the guy in the leather jacket and baseball cap 
He's cool. Yeah, he's cool. <laughs> he can get away with it. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of weird. Like, I, 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 how many people were like, "Oh, just why does he have a baseball cap?" None. On? Taking me there out. There hasn't it. been a single comment from like <laughs> for anybody who thought this was a Star Wars fan film. There hasn't been a single comment of them questioning why there's a guy in a baseball cap <laughs> in a leather jacket oh, in this room, let alone true. a janitor with a mop. <laughs> I've never seen a janitor with a mop in Star Wars. Most of them are droids. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But I do like the idea of this being in an, in an alternate reality, a different world where there are things like the resurrection machines, mm-hmm. which is not something you'd have out on the battlefield with you because it's a fine-tuned machine. It's something you can keep in a dojo, for example. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the, a world where people can go and they can train martial arts and train energy swords. And heck, maybe they're not even really that useful in the real world because there's no magic here. It's just a, a martial art, you know, a discipline. Um, so there's all sorts of like cool worlds that this short exists in. And, you know, it kind of takes me to one other thing, too, which was not doing a fan film, not doing a Star Wars thing. Like we've done so many videos on Corridor that are based on other IPs. It was really fun just to be like, I'm going to take everything I like from Star Wars and that I want to use here, and I'm just going to make it my own thing, and I'm just going to call it my own thing. And like that was super liberating, and I feel like we did it in just the right way where people who, are, who like Star Wars and who are into sword fights and action and all that kind of stuff can see the bridge between that, that world and this world, <clears throat> but it's still unique enough that I think it's a little more thrilling and exciting. Yeah. And I think it really shows that for everybody out there who... Everyone out there who feels the need to do a fan film, you can just change things and just maintain the spirit of that fan film still. And I think it'll still resonate with everybody else who wants that. Like, if you really want to make a piece about Batman, have it all feel like it's a fan film about Batman, but just literally just slightly change Batman. Just slightly change him. And that's all you have to do. And like, don't call him Batman <laughs> and be then suddenly it's a hundred percent yours. And like people, it feels fresh again. And people come at you without really these preconceived notions, but all the people who love Batman and your love of Batman and that style can still completely exist in this new realm. Um, so that's kind of like my new like philosophy when it comes to fan films these days and like making videos about things that inspire me is just, that's just a roundabout, like. it's a roundabout, uh, way of the 80, 20 rule. Yeah. Of eighty uh, percent previous context, previous creativity, twenty percent mm-hmm. new. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's a good way to not be like super restrictive in what you can do as well. You know, it's like freeing. You, you're mm-hmm. not just like stuck to the original IP. It's like you can you have free reign to do you know well, whatever yeah. you want within the bounds of that world. Right? Definitely, and I think it is in a way exciting. Like. When you do successfully hit the tone, because I think that's a lot of what it is, is people just really like the tone of like, like take, for example, Peter's Spider-Man video that he made. Like, I think he really likes the idea of, you know, a character swinging through buildings and the tone of a Spider-Man film, that kind of friendly neighborhood Mm Spider-Man vibe. Um, And that all exists already in the Spider-Man world. The moment Spider-Man's on screen, you get it. Um, But you could, I think these days, especially because of like how prevalent YouTube has been and like, you know, creator content and fan films, <clears throat> all that kind of stuff. You can hit something that is clearly Spider-Man, just slightly different, but clearly, clearly, clearly still Spider-Man. And at this point, I think people are like, ah, cool, let's do it. <laughs> and they just, they're down. Like, I'm down yeah. for alternate reality Spider-Man. His name is Spider-Boy, you know, like, or whatever. <laughs> like, and his costume's purple and yellow instead of green and, or, you know, blue and red. Like, if that's it. 
and then everything else is exactly the same. <clears throat> I think people are actually totally down for it these days and like that. And heck, if it blows up, now you have your own IP <laughs> mm -hmm. in addition. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, man. No, um, two things on that. I'm glad that we, well, that you got a chance to get out and, and shoot something um, like, you know, wholly original. Yeah. Um, that's, Me too. you know, um, we, we had, we had a lull of that obviously with last year. And then, you know, with the way that the crew channel's been, which is still, we're exploring new ideas there constantly, mm -hmm. but we're also putting them in that particular format. Mm -hmm. And so it was nice to break it out of that a little bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited to do more of that. I'm starting to feel that itch again yeah. to like, <laughs> to like, make some stuff and really like make original stuff. And, um, yeah, no, I spent, uh, I spent today, part of today, uh, just writing out some ideas for wizard cops, the series. So hopefully <laughs> you guys like them and, uh, we can actually make that a reality. This is um, a little green, green light teaser, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Has anyone yeah. heard anything about <laughs> yeah. this? You just like no. casually dropping no, that? No one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about it because that's, that's uh, about. yeah, I'm super excited about that too. Cause I, that's one of my favorite like corridor videos. Yeah. Well, Le it was funny because last year, I guess, no, it was earlier this year. Um, I was just kind of like going through the library and, and kind of like what Nico was saying, like looking at, Hey, what, what stuff are we doing or have we done that a people enjoyed? It has an element of originality to it. Uh, but it's also got that sort of 80-20 balance and mm -hmm. is producible like at a, at a small enough scale without sacrificing uh, story. And that one, I mean, it's got comedy, <clears throat> it's got action, it's got magic, it's got visual effects. You can do through lines with characters. You can, you can take it out of the cops, you know, like the direct cops where it's just, you don't care about the characters. It's just scenes and interactions. You can expand upon it a little bit with like interpersonal dialogue between the characters. Um, but then also still get all of that, like scene changes, the action, the sort of quick pace of it and the mm -hmm. bite sizeness of it, mm -hmm. you know, keeping it like still 20 to 30 minutes. Um, so yeah. Um, I just like that. We don't have to, worry too much about shot lists mm -hmm. because you just you just shoot it reality yeah. style that's another amazing <laughs> thing about it when we shot the original it was like wait we have two cameramen okay yeah just act act out this it was like stage acting and you guys yeah. were just standing mm -hmm. there with the shoulder mounts and the best thing is the show that you're drawing the inspiration from does all they do is shoulder mounted with a with a light on the camera yeah like that's your setup and it's wobbly and it's janky and you don't catch everything all the time and and it and it works because that's what people are relating it back to that's what they're expecting yeah and you get that like you get that inspiration driving things like the office parks and rec what we do in the right. shadows yep you know all that totally. stuff follows the same vibe Except we and get to I be remember, even lazier. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember when we <clears throat> conceptualized the first one. I believe you wrote it, Nico. Mm -hmm. Or you and, yeah. Was it you and Andrew? Or was it just... It was, I think it was mostly me. And then Andrew really helped design um, yeah. the, the spells and all that kind of stuff. So w when you wrote it, the first thing you said to me was like, 
I was like, well, I, I want to write the next episode. And you're like, well, you kind of need to know Dungeons and Dragons. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and today I, I, I like fully realized that because I was sitting there and I was like, okay, how do, how is this not just cops with wizards? You know, right. like, how is it wizard cops? Like, how, how is it different? <laughs> how is it different? And so I'm, I, I was really starting to pull out, you know, like in the intricacies of the jokes of like, hey, you know, this person's caught for like, you know, trying to obtain this contraband or something. But mm -hmm. what about that makes it fantasy wizards rather mm -hmm. than just like, this is an illegal drug, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like thinking, thinking of layers deeper than that. And, and I was able to get um, a decent start on that. So nice. Well, maybe next week I'll share it with you guys and uh, I'll see how far I get. Sweet. Yeah, and you know, you got D and D under your belt now. You know, <laughs> right? You got you got the experience because like it's all about those things. Like, uh, you know, like what's the equivalent? Whoopsies, <laughs> turn on my flashlight. What's the like? What's the equivalent of a taser in the fantasy realm? What's the equivalent right. of a warrant? What would somebody be trying to steal? You know, if yeah. it's not money, you know, gold coins. What are drugs? What do they do to you uh, when it's in the fantasy realm? And then of course always revisiting the, the tropes we already know and spinning on those just a little bit. Right. Like what's a little spin you can do on, you know, not only the cops tropes, but all the fantasy tropes. So totally. that, that's actually something that, uh, Tanner and, um, uh, was it Brian? Yeah. Brian. Tanner is, and Brian. Is it Brian. Yeah. I think it's, I think um, it's Brian. Uh, Tanner and Brian were the, the two cops and they did some really solid improving. Um, like half the stuff that half the dialogue is them just playing Brian uh, McGowan, Brian McGowan. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's another big thing is like just getting people in that could just do the whole improv sketch thing and just have them have okay, fun so, with the so characters. Those two. And I think Tanner, especially like mm -hmm. Brian was great too, but Tanner has that like sort of like dad vibe mm -hmm. to him, you know, and he can like, he can, he's really witty and quick with this <laughs> stuff, and he's a great actor. Mm -hmm. Man, he, he he was so good in the first one. It'd be it'd be awesome to bring him back. I don't know what he's up to these days, but it'd be yeah, it'd be really fun. Yep. Also, you know, one other thing that I'm, I'm I've been thinking about is like there is it's undeniable that there's a draw in the business if you can get names in your pieces, right? If you like, you have a certain actor, people will go see it. Yeah. Um, totally. I. I wonder how much we can do the same thing with like online personalities. Like if you did wizard cops, but you had like each episode, the people that make like the nine one one call or whatever the wizard equivalent mm. of that is. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have, we need to have Freddie be a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, you have, you have, you have different, you know, different police stories, except you just, you get different like famous YouTube comedians to like mm. play out the different roles and stuff. You know, yeah, totally. Um, we should totally really do that. Yeah. Definitely ups viewership for sure. Yeah. You just have their whole audience now wanting to come watch it. That's mm -hmm. the reason like all these blockbuster movies are getting all these influencers from Instagram mm -hmm. being the main actors. And you're like, I didn't even know they could act. And they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're they can't. Profiles, so they can't. So they're sometimes like, they can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they still can't. They just bring all the people. Yeah. says the influencers <laughs> yeah. says the influencer who is uh, acting I, I proved I could act so I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah the comments don't lie yeah. comments don't lie comments especially don't YouTube lie, comments they don't comments lie. have never lied before YouTube would have told me <laughs> this might be too nerdy but like a thing that I also 
was trying to lay into on this in the script was the department, the cops are wizards. Like mm-hmm. they're not, they're not just like any type of magi creature, right? Oh, they're, they're like specifically spe- wizards. They're specifically mm-hmm. wizards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I was thinking you could have a controversy throughout the script where like there's some debate about like bringing in other types of beings into the department and they're like, Oh gosh, but we're all wizards. And like, (laughs) like some through lines like that. Um, yeah, yeah. I I got to this one, I got to this one point where I was like, okay, they're going to breach a door. And then my first instinct was like, okay, they need a Ram. But then Mm -hmm. it's like, no, they don't, a wizard would never use a frigging Ram to breach a door. Like that's the most unwizard cop thing ever. Um, so anyways, I'm having all these revelations. I just need to get them off my chest. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know how I, how I would have the wizards breach, right? I'd have them set up at the door and then the one guy steps up with his paint, which is probably lamb's blood. Uh, so maybe they even like, or like a chicken blood. So they've like literally like slaughter the chicken right there. They paint (laughs) the rune on the door. They step back. They touch it with like their two fingers, whisper the magic incantation. The door shatters and blows inwards. They rush into the room and then the door pieces then reassemble themselves back into the door. That's almost exactly <laughs> that's almost exactly what I wrote, except for the instead of blood, I was using gold dust. Oh, great. Mm. Wonderful. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And how do you know to do that? Is- well, I'm so there's actually like there's a deep lore of like <laughs> wizard action that I like I have at least been working on in my head for the past six years. because <laughs> um, I've been really wanting to do like some more like a gritty fantasy like fighting. Um Yeah. I even wrote this like 12 page long script at the beginning of the year here that never, never turned into an actual good story. So I never made mm-hmm. anything, but like Jake and I have talked about this. Sam and I have talked about this. Like we've all been bouncing this around, but like really been wanting to do like a wizard SWAT thing. And it's not like not goofy, but like if you had like four or five, like tactical operators that, but they're using magic basically like in the, in the world of Harry Potter, what mm-hmm. does a SWAT team look like? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. not a funny SWAT team, a real SWAT yeah. team that yeah. would use that kind of stuff. That's going up against magical criminals and stuff. Like what would their tools look like? What would their tactics be like? You know, none of this stuff yeah, that, makes for an interesting story though. <laughs> that one's way more in line with like your style. I think I, I, I lean more into like the whimsical, like situational yeah. comedy. Yeah. None of that's like, like I was saying, like none of that stuff is actually a story. That's just like a setting. Um, but yeah, Wizard Cops is definitely a much more goofier version of that. Though I do like the idea that if they have to call the Wizard SWAT, they yes. take themselves we completely should do, seriously. We should do a SWAT episode <laughs> within the season. And then, and they're just like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, the battle mages show up. Yeah. yeah. From, an, from another plane. They call in battle mages from another plane. <gasps> yeah. Okay, I'm going to... Okay. I, just, I also... I just, it's it's really also fun to explore like modern day issues through that lens you know like what does exactly the police look like yes yeah. that's or like yeah. all awcab <laughs> you yeah. know it's like all that stuff exists here too but it's like it gives you, you that opportunity to to like you know do comedy with it a little bit you know because that's yeah. that's how we get through that stuff is like, like you gotta like be able to analyze what's the, it and, jake what's the wizard cops equivalent of like the punisher skull with the bluetooth Oh, or dude, I, that's a great question. <laughs> thin blue line Punisher skull. Yeah, yeah. probably yeah. like a. It's a thin blue line. It's the, but instead of the line, it's a, it's a, it's a staff or not a staff. A wand. Uh, wizard wand. It's a wand. Yeah, it's a blue wand. It's just a thin blue lion. <laughs> in yeah, a very malnourished lion. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, 
Jordan in 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 like Dungeons and Dragons pulls on this, but like there's this idea when you're casting certain spells that are like beyond just you know like your level one spells, where you need to have like a gesture involved or like a material involved, mm-hmm. otherwise the magic won't work. Yeah. Um, I don't know where this stuff comes from. I mean, I imagine it goes all the way back to like you know actual well, alchemy books. and like human history and right. carrying it forward in yeah, storytelling, books. but. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's that's why. Like, well, well, of course you need you need lamb's blood or gold dust to open a door. Yeah, like go, I would have no idea. Material like, plane. When he was like, "Well, you know what I would use," and I'm like, "Does <laughs> <laughs> he? Yeah. You don't open He's doors like, well, with lamb's blood? Obviously, you would cut a chicken right in yeah. front of it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, well, is this, some guys, more research I need to you do. You guys were saying earlier you're pulling from D and D, so is, is that a D and D thing? Well, D and D pulls from all of that stuff. Though, yeah. Too. yeah, it's not like it's not okay. like D and D is like. Than... Well, D and D does have uh, like spells, like somatic components, verbal yeah. components. Basically, in other words, and they've they've simplified this in fifth edition, but like three point five is kind of when all the stuff you should speak, where each spell had three components uh, in, in any combination thereof. Either you had to say something, you had to move a certain way, or you had to have a certain amount of something to cast a spell or mm-hmm. any combination thereof. So maybe you need a pinch of dry grass, you need to whisper a few words, and then you can cast okay. like wind wall or something like that. Gotcha. And but, the thing yeah. that came out of that is that other players would have things like a silence spell, and they could cast it on an area and it creates silence, meaning any spells that required a verbal component couldn't be cast because your words wouldn't exist. And that's where, like, if you ever played, like, Final Fantasy, the spell Silence mm-hmm. is a pull from Dungeons & Dragons because the closest you get to an anti-magic spell is a silence spell because then they can't whisper the magic words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. See, we need to do... Yeah. I did my first tabletop game, but it was Alien. Yeah, so C-Mike uh, D- DM'd a uh, game for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, along yeah, with I, Nick saw and some, I saw some pics of that. And Looked Griffin. Fun. Um, and it was, yeah, it was all Alien-themed. Um, <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. It's actually a lot of fun. We just started the campaign like a week yeah. ago. But We have, like... 15 more hours to go. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Can we, uh, yeah. can we talk about the the, the two most co- uh, most prevalent comments I think I've seen in a video ever, which yes. is uh, the sun disappears <laughs> and the lightsaber rests on Kendall's chest. Yes. The sun dis- yes. Actually, can we do the sun disappears first? Because yeah. I... When I edited, when I went through, because I, I did a pass of the cut um, after Nico did a, a couple of passes, um, didn't notice that. Really? I didn't notice that. Huh. No. And you know why? It's because the 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 point of the editing in that scene was the the pace of the fight. Mm-hmm. So I'm paying attention to the actual fight and how it's all being cut together and not the sun in the background. <laughs> Everyone else who is just a casual audience member that's mm-hmm. not actually editing it. Right. They're just watching <laughs> it. Sure. Right. Passively. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they're going to see everything. Yeah. Right. But like the yeah, the 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 whole reason I was going through this pass was to, to um, you know, yeah. to to f- figure out those details of the actual fight yeah. and of like how it was intercut. And there's you know, so many people watching it for him too. Like they, yeah, they yeah. saw him there. There's so many exactly. like comments about him. So, so their eyes are focused on him rather yeah. than like yeah. sure. Hey, so that's my, the guy from Boneworks. Yeah. <laughs> my point is though that I totally agree with your choice because I'm sure you knew. I knew from day. Well, yeah, I knew the moment we shot the shot <laughs> without Brett in it because 
the we at the, if you saw the quarter crew video, we have this one really long take where they go through the entire sequence of choreography at mm. the end of the day, which is amazing that they did it as clean as they did in that one long take. Um, but we did that twice in the so we're like it was, we're at the end of the day, we're all done shooting, and Luke's like, let's do one long take. I'm like, yeah, heck yeah, let's do it. And we did it, and Brett wasn't there because it's the end of the day. We mm -hmm. had like we had yeah. basically said that's a wrap. Um, and we did it, and they just they nailed it. They were yeah, so it looked, good. At it the was the choreo. best part. It's like yeah. oh man, like once you put away all the acting yep. and like, and they've had a whole day of just doing this. <laughs> yeah. and they just run through it. It's like it was the best choreo I had filmed the entire day. Yeah. And it was like okay, we need it one more time. We need to get Brett back in, and then we did it again. But. I'm going to pick out the best takes. Mm -hmm. And there's two moments that were just the best, both from like the camera work and the acting and the choreo that were from that take when Brett wasn't there. And part of me is like, I could always put Brett back in the shot or I could just not worry about it. You should go full George Lucas and release uh, an updated <laughs> cut where you put him in the background. Yeah, and you know, I figured not everybody would notice. I mean, it's true. Like Matt didn't even notice. And he no, was, I didn't. I, I didn't. didn't yeah, and I, I this is a <laughs> I my profession. Did you notice Jordan? I did not. Jordan didn't notice either. This yeah. is actually the first time for some reason I didn't oh, really? even see that yeah. comment hmm. about Brett yeah. not being there anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously you brought it up because you were talking about like you should we should add him. <laughs> we'll either add him back in or yeah. I mean, you should have seen the list of VFX though. You know. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. Like you know, now going to the the next comment, the next big one, which is the lightsaber. I just want to ask when it was lying down purposely <laughs> not purposely Did you guys do it on purpose? Did you not the lightsaber on yeah. his Kendall, chest? Kendall just happened to fall that way. Well, yeah, <clears throat> actually let me back it up a little bit You know the lightsabers they, they're supposed to turn off when you stop holding them mm -hmm. But that requires us to paint out like we had the prop on set It was casting mm -hmm. light mm -hmm. and he dies in that shot and we'd have to somehow paint out the light We have to paint out the stick yeah. so right, Also the hilt like the the actual like so, lightsaber is it's like at an angle, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it would then have to be, we'd have to figure out how to adjust it. Yeah, it so was just painting. It wouldn't it. make any sense to. Yeah, so we had, we had to record the shot with him holding the, the lightsaber on, and that's just kind of how he fell over. Is at the end of the day, once again, we we're running out of time to get the rest of our shots. And there, there came a moment to decide in the, in the edit and post do we want to put visual effects on that shot or not? Like, not necessarily paint out the sword, but do we want to have it like start sizzling mm -hmm. as it like cuts through his body? And it opens up this can of worms with like the revive shot that happens next, the amount of damage on his gi. And also it would be it's I know it's distracting as it is currently, but it'd be even more distracting if he brought attention to it with like sizzles and yeah. lens flares yeah. and smoke. Yeah, it's it would like, have to have all this like sparky, like, you know, lens yeah. flare flashing and stuff yeah. that would just, you know, when the whole point of that scene is the student just won mm -hmm. and like yeah. you're trying to turn everyone's direction to that. And everyone's like, wait, hold on. Yeah. Same and, and at the end of the day, it's like. There's so many movies that we all love, that we grew up loving, that we even love now, that have blatant errors. Mm -hmm. uh, and we just, if we love the movie, we don't worry about it. And that's kind of at the end of the day what the kind of the running ethos is was for this. It's like Brett disappearing for a moment in a shot in the background or uh, Kendall dropping the lightsaber across his body at the end of the fight. Neither of those things made the story not work. Neither mm -hmm. of those things were like, huge mistakes that that pulled you out. And that's, I know for some people it did pull them out to have the lightsaber touch them and not cut through them. Um, you know so what's funny though is if he would have dropped it on the ground, would that have mattered at all in terms of like... Probably not. Right. Probably the lights, okay. Well, 
my assumption is that if he dropped it on the ground, people not as many people would have said much. But right. like, yeah, if you think about of... the lightsabers, they probably burn through the ground. I mean, if you take if you take Star Wars as your canon, you can stab those things into like ships and into <laughs> mm-hmm. door. He remember Obi Wan stabs one into a door and then yeah. melts it. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> the hell would have kept it from touching though, no? Or a little bit. Yeah. Probably, but yeah, either way. I don't know. Um it's also it's kind of interesting the the contrast between making like a cinematic film for YouTube versus like a theater or a streaming yeah. platform. Can you ima- can you imagine if there were comments on streaming platforms like Netflix? Yeah, they'd be like, no, 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 we gotta fix this right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Big studio heads would be like, hold on, we gotta make some changes. Oh, there's <laughs> the reason why there's no comments on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know, if like if at the end of the day everybody liked the piece and enjoyed it, then is it really that big of a deal that Brent disappeared for a minute or that Kendall dropped the lightsaber? And yeah, we could have fixed it with like days more of work, but I just I would rather shoot another episode of VFX Artist React or get home earlier and have dinner with Ivy and Milo or you know or whatever. Like yeah. I I love making this stuff, but at a certain point I want to be putting my efforts or I'm assuming the same for you, Matt or Jordan, anybody mm-hmm. else here. You want to put your efforts into the stuff that matters. And that's always a gray area, but at a certain point it's like if this isn't bringing joy, if this isn't making somebody excited, if this isn't making the scene better or more emotionally intense, if it's just me fixing an error to the point where if I do my job correctly, nobody will even notice it at all. And as it currently is, it doesn't detract from the piece. Like that's, you're almost wasting your time at that point. Yeah. So that's definitely, that's why we decided to just leave those errors in there. And the other big reason, that's only 50% of the reason. The other big reason is that by leaving two glaring issues that aren't (laughs) so glaring as to detract from the piece, like the piece still works. It's great. You enjoy it. It's entertaining. It's got the story. It's got the emotion. It's got all those things. But there's two clear, these clear little things that everybody can see that are technically mistakes. By leaving those in, we probably got twice as many comments and twice <laughs> as much audience engagement than if they weren't, if those things weren't there at all. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's also um, that, there's also the old client rule, which is if you leave in yep. a mistake, people will notice that and not the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah. exactly. Yeah, if you're sending client uh, work to a client for them to, uh, you know, give you notes on, you leave one glaring problem. So that's what they put their notes into versus like, them scrutinizing work that you've put hours and hours into making perfect and they it's pick so that devious. apart. Yeah. We Ugh. did we did have to fix the nipples though. We had to fix the nipples. <laughs> and if we had to, we had, that was in the, the VFX spreadsheet. Those nipples, one of it was called nips out. <laughs> the name of the shot. So, I don't know this shot. So yeah. the the Please student explain. gets yeah the student uh, no you explain Matt you explain okay okay <laughs> actually Jordan would you like to explain because uh, I nipples, where I cut the hole it's the it's the holes the hole though was way lower though than yes so okay so, so basically we just, we just got a title for this episode it, it, <laughs> it nips out so the hole fix, I made looks like the a nipple no, no actually unfortunately the hole that you cut. Um, which you cut some great holes. You did a great job with those holes. Um, unfortunately, one of them was directly on his nipple when he was standing up. And the other one is almost on his other nipple. Because yes. he gets stabbed in the stomach. And and so so it, it, was, it very much looked like he had two cut out like, nipple holes. But you know what happened? <laughs> is when I was cutting those holes, I put it on myself mm. and was like trying to figure it out because he was uh-huh. out there already in the other okay. D. And I was like, I can't go grab right, him. Right. Like They need them on set. And then I go to start putting it on him. And I'm like, okay. Fuck. Yeah, so I already know it's kind of tight, but 
Well, Didn't realize yeah. that was so. Happening. So what needed to happen? Because that I think in with VFX like that that are like you know just fixing glaring problems. It's like you got to pick your battles. Mm -hmm. You know you got to be like, what is the more distracting thing, or what is the thing that's gonna <laughs> like detract from the story? Oh, the probably most. He's, probably he's the dead with two holes. Yeah, right over his. I can imagine if that was in the whole thing. He's dead and he pops up and he's just got the nipples yeah. hanging out. Yeah, it's a scene where he. Uh, Bows. This yeah. is, it's the scenery bows, and then um, or sorry, he's finishing bowing, and the the guy, his the ma the teacher walks up and gives him yeah. a hug or whatever after it's he's a, been revived. It's a very important story moment. Yeah, that yeah. shouldn't be d detracted by his nipples. And what should have been a hole for continuity of him getting stabbed, which is like there's still another hole on there that works, but that's why the holes are there is for continuity of his costume getting destroyed. I wonder how many moments like that, like say you know, say you have a sword fight in real life, right? And mm -hmm. it's like okay, there's this heroic moment and this person beats somebody else and it's like you know it's like this medieval like event and then the person stands up and instead of it being like in the movies where everything's perfect and it's like okay they don't have holes on their nipples like they do <laughs> how many times has that happened where it's like some hero has stood Probably up a lot and, and had <laughs> that happen I mean, people lose, like, their clothing in fights all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is very, like, very primal and, like, raw. Yeah. But, like, that's not what movies are like. No. Right. No. Way too distracting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but long story sh short. Well, actually, it was still a pretty long story about nipples. Um, we just had to remove. We literally just removed the painted out the nipple parts nice. in the hole. And yeah. that was that. Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, that's like a pick your battles thing. There's also like at the end of the like the last day of VFX when we were wrapping it all up, um, you know, obviously there was the lightsaber on the chest, but I had a little bit of time to do something else and it wasn't going to be like adding a little smoke or something to that. It didn't seem to bother me either and definitely not Nico. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing that I did want to do was add a, a flash from that revive machine uh, when we cut to you. Right. So like little things like that, I feel like are more important than, yeah. you know, trying to fix some yeah. lightsaber. On yeah. The chest. And if you're commenting about the lightsaber on the chest, yo, check this out. We <laughs> shot that in two locations and <laughs> you know, you probably didn't even notice that Jordan and the headmaster are at an entirely different location. And when we cut to those shots where it's OTS on Jordan, that's not even Jordan. <laughs> That's Nick. That's Nick. <laughs> and so I'm not watching get, two people you, fight. I'm looking at a wall. That's yeah. right. So you just, and Nico just saying, God. they're fighting. His hand's off. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And we wow. built that wall. Yeah, yes, the one did. I'm standing in front of. You, you did. Me and yeah. Christian. You and Christian did. You guys did a great job with that. It, it totally sold. It, it literally yeah. looks the same. It looks I, yeah. I forget Identical. that we're in two different locations. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the door gig. Like the door oh opens and he walks gosh. in, and it's just a light. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's just a light, and I'm like acting surprised every time. It's just you walking by. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the way, that's also not the yeah the student. <laughs> Me and the student were never shot. in a scene together. You mm -hmm. walked by. I think you flashed the light. I think Christian did. Or was it Christian? Yeah, Christian flashed the light to act like the front door was opening. And I was it's like, all mm -hmm. just smoke and mirrors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's all so. just building blocks. They're just making a very fancy picture book. That's that's the yeah. end of the day all we're doing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. At 24 frames fun. a second or yep. 30. Yep. All right. Man. Well. Well. There you have it. Lightsabers. To the death. Uh, it was it was very very wonderful seeing all the comments and reception from it. I, at least for me, the the happiest I am as a filmmaker is on the day of film releases and then seeing people be like, "This was cool. I like this. It makes me want more." 
I'm imagining what could happen next. And people are like writing out their own stories or even, you know, people like being like, I, you know, you lost me on this moment or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like the fact that there's so many people so inspired to like write uh, comments yeah. and, you know, share their their emotions from like what the piece made them feel. The fact that it made anybody feel anything mm -hmm. uh, is super, super cool. And like it was just it was a showcase, I think, of like a bunch of talent from so many different talented people. Um so yeah, it was like super, super fulfilling. I it was a wonderful <laughs> weekend. I had a great time. Oh yeah. My Saturday was I was on Cloud Nine and my Sunday. I mean my Sunday. It didn't come out Saturday, it came out Sunday. <laughs> I had a good Saturday too, for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well I think that means we need to go back over those hills and closer Oof. to where we came from. All right. Yep. Before we begin over and far away. Maybe a place where Jordan and I know the lyrics to the song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, no, you gotta play the rock and roll part that kicks in. Okay, let me see if I know it. I have to play the whole thing to get there. I don't remember it. Robert Plant just—he sounds like a chipmunk. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Cool. He sounds like that. Well, I definitely. You guys have definitely encouraged me to. I think. Hear this wait, song. On, wait, hold on. Is that on Led Zeppelin two or four? Is it Over the Hills and Far Away remastered, nineteen seventy-three? That means it's on Led Zeppelin two. I believe. All right. Oh, no. All right. <gasps> People oh, are sitting here oh, listening oh, to this wait, podcast. Wait, hold on. Wait, okay. Wikipedia. Wait, 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 real quick. It's, all, it's on the song remains the same. 1973. Jordan, listen to that one too. All right. Which, we're what's done. the name of the album? What's the name of the album? <laughs> the <laughs> the, the song remains the same. It's their fifth album. Oh, okay. The song, there you the have song it. remains the same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or heck, do their live album, How the West is One. That has it on there amongst others. It's very, very good. All right. Check it out, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. Signing off. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Toodles.